Hey gang, welcome back to the We Speak English Good podcast. It is me, Mikey P. And today on the show is several awesome guests that I had a chance to speak with backstage at the One Love Music One Love Hold on, let me make it the, One Love Reggae Music Festival. It happened in Long Beach on the weekend of February 17th. I probably got the name of that wrong. And I'm too lazy to look it up online, even though my phone's right here and I have the Rap Air Horn app open. And all I had to do is push home and go to Safari and just Google it. But instead, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Anyways, so this was at the One Love Reggae Festival in Long Beach, California. Over the weekend, I think it's like uh, February 17th through the... 19th or something like that i'm not i'm not quite sure the dates like i said i'm too lazy to look it up and there was a lot of cool acts there uh Hyrie played soja played slightly stupid played i believe revolution played and i didn't talk to any of those people well i did talk to blaine dillinger from Hyrie, who is the guitar player which uh was i've been wanting to talk to him for a while he's from ohio we're from ohio and we kind of know that the same, well, we know the same person, Faith, um, just through uh, a music festival that we used to go to with this band called Acoustic Hookah and called Hookahville. And so, anyways, you'll hear about that when we get to Blaine. But uh, I get to talk to uh, a few people, actually. I talked to Jose, and I don't know his last name. I, 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 I think he says it. I don't know if he says it. I should probably listen and see if he says it. But we're just going to call him Jose. And he is Don Carlos's uh, uh, tour manager. And we got to talk to him about some gear and equipment. This, this this show is all over the place, which is cool because I really like talking about gear. And uh, so we talk about uh, some old synths that he used to play back in the 80s and his connections to other old reggae bands. Um, he's from Puerto Rico, and uh, he was awesome talk. So that'll be first on the docket. We also talked to Josh Heinrichs, who is pretty fucking awesome uh, artist. He is out of he's from Missouri, I think. Pretty sure he's from Missouri, and uh, another Midwest guy. And we also talked to Miles Brown, who is from Seventy Seven Jefferson, who I did actually get to talk to. In an upcoming episode, I got this on the on the in the can. Is uh, me and Miles talk for like two hours. It was a great conversation, and he was in Florida on vacation with his wife. So I was really grateful he gave me that much time. I mean, good lord, he was on vacation with his wife in Florida. So, anyways, so we'll get that'll be second on the docket, and then I also get to talk. I got to talk to Adam. And I'm not sure what his last name is either. I'm so terrible at these things. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to pause the, for the cause and look up Adam's last name. I know, I know. I wouldn't pause and look up One Love Reggae Festival, music festival, whatever. But I will pause for this cause because Adam was so gracious to me. And he invited me to talk to some of his bud tenders, which I still intend to do. 
Uh, I want to go down, but he's from the Point Loma. Oh my God. See, okay. Give me one second. Okay. So the name of the owner that I talked to of the Point Loma, oh, it's a mouthful, Point Loma Patients Consumer Cooperative. And this is a very popular um, dispensary here in San Diego. <clears throat> and uh, I, uh, we got to talk a little bit about laws of uh, of following the law of owning a dispensary. And this, we're talking about weed here, people. And um, his name is Adam. I think I don't know how to say it. It's I think Adam Kopf. Kopf. It's K N O P F. Adam. Nop, I don't know. I don't know if the K is silent. It's a weird name. I don't maybe I don't even know what kind of name that is. But anyways, so we talked to Adam and that that was a pretty good that was a pretty good little chat we had there uh, about marijuana law and some of the uh, challenges he had to face. And then we'll talk to Blaine Dillinger from um Hyrie. And his lovely wife, Portia, who's in there as well. She says a few things, but we mainly, me and Blaine mainly talk. So, pretty excited about this show. Now, I'm going to split this up into two parts. I'm going to do one with the interviews, and I'm going to do one with the music from the show. So, um, I was going to just sort of squish it all together, but I just thought it would be cool to have, uh, have them split up this time. I don't know. I'm just trying something new, folks. Just cut me a break. So, yeah, that's the show in a nutshell. I'll uh, come back and introduce each guest real quick before we head into them. So there's a little block uh, so you, you know what's coming up next. But the way I just announced the names will be the order they'll go in. And I'm over explaining that. That's not necessary. You are smart people, and I'm sure you can figure it out, even if you don't speak English. I got a couple dates coming up here. Uh, I'll be playing with the lovely and talented Janelle Phillips, and that ill. The first show is at uh, let's see, it's four seven April seventh coming up here quickly, and that will be with Rebel Soldiers and Ellie Mack up in Hermosa Beach at Saint Rock, and. That'll be a fun show. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk to some of the Rebel Soldiers or Ellie Mac, and well, maybe we'll make a podcast out of it. Who knows? 4-15, April 15th, 2017. We'll be playing, same setup, Janelle Phillips. Uh, we'll be playing in Long Beach, California at the Oyster Fest and alongside with Ian Young, who um, maybe we'll talk to him too, see what's going on. Ever since he left Tribal Seeds. Ooh. I don't know why I did that. I did hear some things about it, but I don't really want to talk about it. I don't, I'm don't. i not one for gossip, even though I am. I think we all are. Deep down inside, we all want to know the gossip of what's going on. You know, it's just, just you know, that's, I just, we want to know things. We're humans. We're naturally inquisitive. May 2nd. Um, Janelle Phillips again at the in OB here in Ocean Beach, right down the street from me. Makes it easy for me at the Holding Company. Uh, that's May that's May second. That is a Tuesday, 
And you definitely want to come down for that because you get uh, Point Loma Patient Consumer Co-op, mouthful, they sponsor that show and they come down and they give out free little treats of the smokable kind. Last time I played there, I played with Irie G and that shit was bomb. They broke me off with some shatter. They broke me off with some... Uh, some pre-rolls, uh, some fucking fire-ass wax. So, yeah, they 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 uh, they did some things. They they hold it down. At least the band got some. I don't know if the people get any. I don't know if the audience gets any. All I know is, I, oh, yeah, I got a cool hat. You might have seen it on my Instagram. I posted it all because that's I'm a vain whore. But... It's a good time, nonetheless. It's a Tuesday nights at the Holding Company. They usually do a reggae night, and the Point Loma Patient Consumer Co-op they sponsor that night, so it's fun for everyone. Now you might be saying, Mike, I thought you were sober. Well, not necessarily. I do take mushrooms, and I do smoke weed once in a great, great while. <clears throat> I did not smoke that wax that I was given at that IRG show that was up to my lovely wife to handle. I did give uh, um, um, Jay Earl, I did give him my roommate, I did give him some of the shatter because Raina won't smoke the shatter, or she won't smoke shatter because it's, she says it's not man-made, but she was huffing down that wax, let me tell you. <laughs> It's it's great. Anyways, so I did smoke weed last weekend. Or maybe it was a couple weeks now. I think it was last weekend. Last weekend, we uh, Skanks Roots Project played up in Groveland, California. We also played with Rap and Forte in Salinas at Casa de Oro Pizza Shop. I think that's... Shit, I can never remember the name. But it's at the pizza place that I love so much. And um, that's going to be a whole nother... That's going to be a van cast, which we didn't really record in the van... This time, we did it in the Haunted Saloon, and it's mostly ghost stories. It's kind of a freaky episode, but I'm going to throw in some uh, of the songs we did with Rappin' Forte came up with us, and uh, he rapped on some of our songs, and then he did a set. So I'm going to put that together. That'll just be a nice little, it'll probably be a little short one, not the usual two two to two and a half hour long form podcast that you might be used to sort of like this one this one's not going to be crazy long but i wanted to um like i said i'm going to split this up into two parts this one will be the interviews next week will be the music from the one love music festival okay so back to shows that was quite a divergent divergence um let's see reina reina mystique she'll be playing may 3rd at the holding company uh here in ob if you want to catch her. And then, of course, Gangs Roots Project is playing this year's California Roots Festival in the most beautiful Monterey, California. It's going to be on the fairgrounds where Jimi Hendrix burned his guitar. That's classic now. You guys have probably seen that old footage. If not, Google it, please. Light, uh, Jimi Hendrix lights his guitar on fire. That's all you got to Google it's going to come right up. Also, Ravi Shankar plays that Monterey Pop Festival. I think that's what they called it. And you should check that out 
because that's amazing too. Um, so we'll be playing there, and uh, along with that, in that festival, I'm super excited about the Thievery Corporation is going to be playing. Uh, let me see. Oh man, come on, dude. Nas, Jurassic Five, um, a lot more than that. I just can't remember because again, I'm too lazy to look it up right now should i pause for the cause Nah, you guys can look it up this is uh the weekend of may 26th through the 29th i believe and it tickets are available now you can get them from any of the skanks roots members skanks any of the members of the skanks roots project me included if you just hit me up i can uh, put you in the right direction to get tickets or you can get them on i don't know Ticketmaster, i guess but go out there and uh, be somebody and go check out the California Roots Festival coming up here in May. Okay, so I have been going on and on and on and on and on as usual. So let's jump into the first interview here. This is, oh, one more thing. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at this stuff. Um. Go to brainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and sign up for the newsletter and the Patreon because we are going on the road this summer. Me and my lovely wife and Bishop will be going around the country playing music anywhere they'll have us. Um, so we're, we have a Patreon that you can... Um, Become a member. I mean, just donate a dollar a month. That's all you got to do. $12 a year. What that gets you is exclusive downloads, exclusive um, newsletters, um, just all kinds of cool stuff. It'll keep you up to date on our travels. So that I'll be taking the podcast on the road as well. So that will be interesting. I haven't booked anybody for the podcast on the road so we'll see what happens uh it might be a lot of just me and Raina arguing into microphones so we'll see how that works i will prepare some podcasts before i leave because this is going to be a few months of us on the road so we're just gonna be you know hoofing it around the country meeting people doing things we'll see what happens it, it, it'll be an interesting experience and then we'll probably move to Michigan because San Diego's too expensive. And that really bums me out because I have a nice foot in the music life here. And I, it took me about 10 years to learn everybody, the know the people I do know. And now I'm gonna, I got to start over. We're thinking about Detroit. I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> let's get into Jose here. And like I said, I don't know his last name. Maybe you can find him. Maybe you can Google him. He is uh, the band. Uh, he's the tour manager or the, I don't know. She, he's a manager of some of, he manages something that has to do with Don Carlos. Like I said, it's a great conversation. We talk about old synths and gear talk. So if you like that, you know, we, we do get into that once in a while. So let's go to Jose. Hey, do you mind saying your name and and what you do? Well, yeah, my name is Jose. I'm from Puerto Rico, and um, I manage Don Carlos, and I've been playing keyboards all my life. And 
that's how I'm getting involved in my, in my music um, word and, and, and passion, you know? For sure, man. Now, you're telling me about your favorite synthesizer. Which one was that? Was that the most, not the motif, but the Triton? Well, um, I started with, with Emulate, Emulator, a brand. What, what, was, uh, what, was, what was so special about that for you? Oh, the samplers, man. Samplers, back in, back in those days, that was kind of like, I don't, want, I, I don't want to say the best one, because it's hard to say that, you know? Yeah. Um, but for my taste, and for what I would, was reading about in France, it, it had the best quality in kilohertz to, to record samplers. And, and, and it went almost to 39 to 45 seconds in 42, 48 kilohertz. Um, and then he, he, if you want to lower the quality a little bit, he, he can give you up to a minute and a half. And back in the days, a minute and a half of sampler, high quality, it was a lot. Did you ever mess around with the Mellotron at all? The Mellotron? No. Um, it's like the Beatles, they used to use it for their string samples. Oh, oh. Um, I have a friend in Miami um, who works for uh, Gloria, Gloria Stefan. Oh, okay. And she, that lady over there, she got a synclavier. Okay. Do you know what a synclavier Sign Claviel, Sign Claviel, maybe I'm, I'm, it's a half a million dollar. They have pipes like, like, um, gold colored pipes. Okay. And it's like an organ, but it's a full studio. It's synthet, it's Sign Oh, it's like a built-in organ type of thing? Yeah, you, you guys can Google it. I think it's Sign Claviel or Sign Claviel. Uh, back in the day, it was like a half a million dollar, you know? That's right. So yeah, back, back, you know, it was emulator top of the line, and after that, Synclavier, and that's it. You can get better than that. Then, below emulators, um, was Core, Roland, Yamaha, um, and depending what you want to use back in the days, depending what, even before the the the, the, the uh, models, just the brain of the, how you guys call that, the, the brain of the keyboard, the mo the rack. I know what you're talking about. To put, it, yeah, it's to, to put it in the racks. Yeah, rack mount. It's just, so D50 keyboard have the D55, okay. which is the, the same, but without the keys, yeah, just yeah, for the rack. rack yeah. Okay, so before that, uh, I'm talking about a lot of years. That's okay. So before you got that, or before the market have that available for musicians, you have to select, if you want to play piano, you got to go and get the best synthesizer that you can play, play piano on it. And back in the day was the M1, like I was telling you. Yeah, yeah. Then if you want to use in the same band, you need a, a piano, you need to get a, a, a core M1. If you need a synthesizer too, you had, the first choice was the D50 Roland. And then a few years after that, the motif and, right. and the new generation for new kids. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Damn, that sounds like that you had quite a hefty load to travel with. Uh, did you use all those at once when you were playing? Sometimes, yeah, because back, yeah. Who is a, who's some of the artists that you were playing with? Well, in Puerto Rico, we um, I, I used to perform with a, a local reggae bands. Oh, okay. And then um, I used to uh, make festivals in Puerto Rico for like 20 years in a place called Reggae at... Re uh, Luis Muñoz Amphitheater, and we used to call it the reggae at the park. Oh, and we do it for like 20 years in the Caribbean. 
in Puerto Rico. So I used to bring every month, sometimes in summer, two bands a month in summers. And then the rest of the year was one every month because we don't have winter like you guys here. So it's hot every year. So people ask for parties. So we had to have party for them. So then that's how I met Don Carlos, Israel okay. Vibration. Yeah, so how did you... Um, I'm flashing forward a little bit. How did you end up in your position of managing Don Carlos? Well, because um, um, the store that we used to have, which was a, a surfing store, he have in the back a record shop for just roots reggae. Oh, right. Not, not, not dancehall, okay, just roots. Just roots. Yeah, we didn't allow the dancehall back there. <laughs> what, was, what, what was wrong with the dancehall? Well, um, I mean, it, it, it's not what in Puerto Rico and surfers, deep surfers, would prefer. Ah, gotcha. You know, it's, yeah. we, we just, when we finish surfing, we just want to relax. We don't want that. No, that's that's not what. Was it a little too rowdy for you? It, it, that's not what reggae is about. I got you. I got period. You. Yeah. It's far from here. Right. Even Don Carlos don't like it. Ah, right. So it's, it's, it's maybe you guys here in the mainland doesn't know that, but we in the Caribbean we actually do know what is good and what is bad. And when you go to Jamaica and you see where they play. The, the where, where, where they do dancehall is is in dangerous places, ghetto, guns. Yeah. When you go to Roots, you don't see that. Uh, it's like going to the reggae on the river. When you see a fight right. in the reggae on the river, right, right. when okay. in 33 years. You. So it's more of the culture that comes with it. Exactly. So ah, so yeah. So awesome. I, I focus my my search shop. Well, my friend search shop, and I and I was managing the Roots. A record shop that it was in the back of the of the surf shop and that's why we sell the tickets for the uh, reggae roots yeah. festival every every month and because jamaica was so close to to us like a 30 minute flight really i didn't realize that that, that was so close to uh puerto rico yeah um, the caribbean amazing. is two is four major island cuba Dominic, Haiti, Dominican Republic, which is the same island divided in half. Jamaica, South, and Puerto Rico right next to it. Oh, so, nice. And then you have the small Antillas, yeah. which is San Thomas, Virgin Islands. Wow, um, I'm, I'm so bad with geography. I just <laughs> fucking American education. Yeah, well, you guys have more more history here to study. And, yeah. and I guess that doesn't have the time in the school to do it, right? <laughs> They don't have a time for a lot of shit. So yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> they skip over a whole lots of shit. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's when right when, on, man. when, well, D, when DC met me in Puerto Rico and 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 he I bring him for 20 years. I oh, so you were sort of bringing him to the island. Oh yeah, before. every month I um, two times he was there a year. Don oh, Carlos. Sorry. Okay, and then Israel you guys just... vibration three two times ah, two, cool, and then cool. the other ones once because I have more relationship with. Israel Vibration and Don Carlos, which is, and then I have my studio also in back in that same oh, moment. That's we, nice. And and when they have, when they come to play in Puerto Rico, they have to take three four days because it's an island. They have to fly. Right so when they have when they have the free time, I put them in my studio or in the woods in the jungle, and they they kind of like build a relationship with me not only in the in the in the in the festival side, also in the in the in the record studio side too and on, and then I moved here seven years ago and DC Don Carlos find out and 
He offered me a job to manage him, and I said, well, why not? I guess he knows that I got experience. I don't even know. I don't realize because I don't study this shit. <laughs> you know, I just have a lot of years, maybe 25 years doing this. So maybe I have the experience doesn't know it. Well, man, thank you so much for talking to me, man. That was great. I appreciate it, buddy. So, like he said, his name is Jose, and he manages Don Carlos. I didn't get his last name. What can I say? It happens. So next up on the docket, we got Josh and Miles, and that's Josh Heinrichs and Miles Brown. And they were just there filming a documentary that they're putting together, which we talk about in here. And also an old friend, Kennedy, from Idle Vibes, just sort of wanders into the conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy Josh Heinrichs and Mike my oh, Mike and Miles Brown. Are you playing tonight? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, man. I'm so out of sorts, man. I fucking woke up at five today. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Fucking. Yeah. Anyway. Are you Midwest? Yeah, from Missouri. Missouri. I'm yep. from Toledo, Ohio. If oh, you've cool. ever heard of Toledo, oh, Ohio. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Uh, fucking. Um, but I had a question because when I listened to your album, I noticed a lot of like very R&B influence on it. Uh-huh. I mean, like obviously that seems like you were going for that, but uh, uh, was that was that the idea going into it, kind of making like a little almost like a crossover? Yeah, R&B yeah. Type? I'm a I'm a big R&B fan. So. <laughs> yeah, right now who's your who's your R&B artist? Like uh, I like two? like uh, Otis Redding and oh, uh, like yeah. old school stuff. Of you know, so uh, more. But you know. Um, New people, I, I don't know. I like uh, DSVN, uh, you know. Okay, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know how you say it, Division or something. Like D- DVSN, yeah. DVSN. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of new, like, good. Uh, Have you heard, like, some of that Future Soul stuff? The, like, um, uh, Hiatus Coyote? Uh uh-uh. uh. I'll do, you should check those guys there's, out. There's a girl named Neo that I listen to from England. She's oh, really... dude, I think I have heard that. I, heard, I, I think it comes on, like, uh, like the, you know how Spotify has yeah. those playlists? And yeah. Shit? Um, yeah, so. Heavy influence, and uh, you were working with Ian on that, right? Ian no, Ian? no, uh, that's I actually the producer right there. It's oh, no uh, Miles from thought, 77 Jefferson. Where did I fucking see Ian Young's name? Uh, he, he played uh, Melodica on one of the songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. No, it's okay. How you doing, man? Good, Mike. Miles. 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 Fuck it. Um, he actually doing... produced the whole album and oh, helped me no write shit. some songs and everything. Yeah. Well, where did you guys record, if you don't mind? At my house. At your house? Uh-huh. I brought... Uh, yeah, I brought the equipment down to Springfield, and we set up at his house. He came up to Kansas City uh, another time after that, and we finished it up. You're based out of Kansas City? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And so, what, I mean, like, it sounds like a really tight sound. It sounds real clean, like, um, I don't know, like, how to explain it. I'm not very good at explaining it, but, like, it, it definitely sounded like you guys were going for maybe an old-school type of feel. Um, were you guys using tape at all, or was that all digital? Uh, yeah, it was all digital, you know, because it had that Pro Tools and like... stuff. I think each song we just kind of, each song we approached individually uh, something different. Um, so yeah, a few kind of came out a little more R&B, a few kind of came out uh, Roots, yeah. Hip Hoppy almost on some of it, so it, yeah. It seemed like really stripped down too, like, was, I, I'm not too familiar with your entire catalog. No, yeah, that's... But, um, 
we don't like, we don't ever try and overdo things that, that can't be re- reproduced live. You know okay. what I'm saying? So where, where a lot of bands add a lot of sound effects right. and crazy and loops and stuff. You have to sort of work with the backing track yeah, and stuff to people, make up for that. Exactly, exactly. Okay. We we like I said, I like the old school like Otis Redding and stuff. So um, even before this, we we would record live band in the studio. So this is kind of a different take for me to to do it just uh, all with one producer just doing it, me and him. Yeah. You know? But uh, it came out beautiful, and yeah. Are you, were you guys mainly the ones playing the instruments? Everything, yeah. He pretty much he did everything: uh, drums, bass, and guitar, everything. I played guitar and sang, and yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, man. I Miles love- is a real uh, talent, man. He's just people. Uh, he's he's done a lot of people's albums. So. Um, have you? Are you guys? Thank uh, you. <laughs> are you? Uh, what's some of the artists that people might know, or maybe? Uh, we met uh, back in the day when he was playing uh, with Jaw Roots, and uh, I'm in a group called Seventy Seven Jefferson. Oh, okay, uh, fucking a. That's how we met. All right. And we started playing a lot together, and and yeah, I've just been uh, kind of producing a lot of people that I've a lot of friends that I've met up through the years. Uh, get the chance to do a piece of work with them is always nice, and this is my second. Uh, full length with Josh. I think we did an EP somewhere in there. Also. We did Josh Hendricks and Friends. Josh Hendricks and, and Friends. friends. Yeah. And uh, things change. Yeah, bro, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> good, man. Just talking to the Wing King. <laughs> um, right on. So, 77 Jefferson, are you guys based out of Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. We're oh, all okay. in the Kansas City area. Oh, yeah. right on. And so, what do you play in that band? Uh, I play drums. Everything, right. guitar, right. keyboards. That's helpful. Well, no. <laughs> uh, me and Joel Castillo, the singer, were a uh, part of the original uh, original group, the only two original members left. We've got Kyle Krause, who also did some bass work uh, on Josh's last album for us. Uh, Eddie Moore, who's a big jazz player out in Kansas City, traveling out, he just got back from New York. Uh, so yeah, we're, uh, we're working on a new album right now, actually. And, uh, or Jefferson? 77 Jefferson. Oh, 77 yeah. Jefferson. Yeah, and we're, uh, me and Skillinger are working on a new album. Yeah, hopefully, a new album too. Oh, finishing nice. that up right now. Hopefully, get a nice uh, spring or early summer release on that. Is Skillinger playing with you? Uh, yeah, he'll tomorrow? be with us tomorrow night. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah I think he did a song on, um, uh, I play with another band called Skinks Roots Project. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I think he did a track on the last, yeah. the last record. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Okay. Small World. Small community, I've yeah, noticed. Right. But even like, even so, I noticed that like, more and more, it's reaching out to across the country. Cause like, that's what we're doing right now. We're making a documentary about how uh, oh, reggae is expanding oh, all over the shit. world right now. That is so fucking yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So what, it's funny that we're all in the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool, bro. Right? Yeah. We're fucking making the way Midwest is coming over. Oh right? yeah. Take well, it. you know, this reggae period is just taking over. It seems I think like so too, man. Yeah, I think man. there's a real crazy movement. What, what kind of camera is that? That's crazy. That's a black magic uh, cinema camera. Yeah? Yeah. Black magic, like, is that real name of it? Or are you fucking with me? No, that's that's, that's the, the, <laughs> the company is Black Magic. They also make uh, DaVinci Resolve, which is the color grading program. Oh, okay. This is my, this is my co-host, actually, Ian. How you doing, man? How you doing? Josh. Nice to meet you, too. Miles. Miles. So, Miles. Miles nice played with yeah. 77 Jefferson. Well, nice. And yeah. he produced uh, Josh's last album. Yeah. Oh, right on, man. So, I like your fucking shit, man. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Um, so who have you talked to so far? Um, um so far we just started right now, um, and we just talked to Koa from Innovision, and uh, we're about to talk to uh, Jake from Soja. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Just trying to get all the all the reggae dudes that are here. So this weekend's a good weekend to try and get oh, a lot of totally. people in. And like this lounge is amazing. It's just 
filled with all the artists. everybody. Yeah, everybody that you want to talk to. And then there's Kennedy. How you doing, buddy? I'll give you a quick hug. <laughs> no, it's all right, Kennedy. Say hi. Hello, my name is Kennedy. I play Kennedy. Nightall Vibes. Kennedy, Kennedy, you did the podcast when we were at Dab Fest. Yeah. Yeah, just a quick thing. You're a, he just got off stage. I was like, talk to me, sir. Oh, dude. I yeah, I had to That's get okay. people in. Sneak <laughs> some wristbands, finaglings. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good, baby. What, what have you found so far? Um, what's like the common thread of your documentary that you're finding so far? Uh, just that um, everybody, why everybody wants to play reggae, you know, to spread one love and uh, the message of unity and peace. And especially in these crazy turbulent times that we live in right now with politics and everything it's just, uh, it seems like reggae is a really fitting thing for this time and age I agree man yeah. like uh, Jesus there's so much like awful like it seems like there's a total license to discriminate yeah totally. <laughs> just like like just the king of the assholes came in <laughs> and, fucking, and made it made it okay to just be just bigoted ass racist well, yeah it's weird you know and not everybody not everybody is like but that. But it's weird how uh, a certain people took like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, and that's what this is about, you know? Right. Trying to show people one love and then, you know, love. So <laughs> most, mostly it's just about a, a positive message. Yeah, well, and how, how, like I said, American, or, you know, not even American, just reggae is growing, period, you know? And the, oh, for each different regions, you know, like from what's out here coming and hitting people like us in the Midwest and yeah. Missouri, yeah. And, you know, for us to be a part of this and watch it uh, kind of grow and advance into something else kind of like a lot of genres do yeah, as they move on uh, watching this become what it is and how it's spreading and the message. like hip hop in the 80's right now man it's right. about to yeah, it's, it's about to have a giant it's explosion you, it's unique genre because lyrically everything's really direct you know it, it circles around this whole moral compass of like right and just but it's very you know it can be very political in a lot of different genres, there's a message hidden behind it, or you know, you could have a thousand people say a thousand different meanings of what a song is because it's kind of got this abstract uh, art Overall to it. Message. And this is it's so much more direct. I think it's really unique and uh, could be a useful tool with times like like these. You know? Oh yeah, that's totally. pretty, that's pretty cool, man. I really dig that you guys are got it set up and stuff. Did you guys have to go through? Um, go through like uh, the promotions to sort of get uh, to set up this thing or did you guys just no, sort of guerrilla style? No, luckily I, I'm, I'm playing so I kind of got a little extra. Right, that's... <laughs> Leeway, luckily. Right. But, um, exactly. Yeah. Access is everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's fucking incredible. Well, jo I'm, by the way, I've been talking to Josh Heinrichs, right? Uh, that's, that's right. How you Josh say Heinrichs, yeah. I, I always call you Josh Hendricks. <laughs> Everybody does. You got okay, yeah. okay. I'm not the only asshole here. No, it's a, it's a hard last name, I guess, for people. <laughs> no, it's dude, it's totally a Midwest thing because my my last name is like a Waffer. Oh yeah. It sounds like I'm choking on my own Waffer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, what is that German? Yeah. German. Right, yeah. Oh, whatever. Very German. Very German. <laughs> yeah. Very corn. Yep. <laughs> Lots of cornfields where we're from. All right, Jazz. Well, I'll let you get back to your cool, your shit, man, oh, and. Um, I would, sometime, man, I'd love for you, if next time you're in San Diego or whenever, man, fuck it, I'd love to actually sit down and do like a full-on talk if you'd sure. be down. Of course. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways. Hit me up. Right on, man. Funny story. Josh was here, I think, last weekend. 
it was sometime i mean right now it's march 26 i think he was here in the last couple of weeks but i happened to have a gig and he actually because adam from point loma patient consumer co-op who we're about to hear now adam knop i'm just gonna go with knop let's just say knop adam knop um they met backstage and they connected and so josh came in he was playing i think he was opening up for soldier or something at the music box downtown but uh he came in and did an uh, a patient appreciation thing that they do down at the PLPCC. I'm just going to call it that. And uh, he played down at the co-op, the dispensary. So I missed him because I had to work. But that's what happens when you're a musician. You end up missing people. And so I didn't get a chance to catch up with him. But he he always comes to San Diego. So he'll be back. Um <clears throat> Also, because I was talking to him right at the beginning of the conversation, I asked him about an album. I realized when I was listening back to the the interview that I said album, but I didn't specify. The album I was referring to was his, not his last album, because when I looked at uh, Spotify, it looks like he released another album. But the album I'm referring to is called Good Vibes. And it's pretty badass, um, which you guys should definitely check out. I think I'm gonna play a um, play one of his songs on the Miles Brown episode, or maybe I'll play one on the next one since it's a music one. I'll make that a note. I'm gonna make a note. Play a song off of Josh's Good Vibes album. We'll play that on the next one from the music from One Love Festival. Okay, so coming up is. Adam Knopf, I'm going to call him Adam Knopf from the Point Loma Consumer, Point Loma Patient Consumer Co-op uh, here in San Diego, right down the street from me, actually. And um, we're going to talk to him about some uh, marijuana laws, uh, small business owning stuff, and, um, and more. So here we go. Adam Knopf. Okay, so I'm here with Adam, and he is the proprietor of the infamous and pleasurable and comfortable. Sorry, fucking retard. Uh, Point Loma Dispensary. What is it? What's the full name, please? Point Loma Patient Consumer Co-op. My bad. PLPCC. Right. Remember that shit. Um, so, when did you guys start? When was when did you open the gates? Uh, we opened the gates at Point Loma Patient Consumer Co-op in uh, about August of 2015. Now, what? why do you think you guys, because you are one of the more popular places in town, what do you think created that atmosphere or uh, created that magnetism for your shop? You know all the, thro the throwbacks to the patients, I, th I believe, in, um, you know, having a good time and... I, b I believe just the the top shelf atmosphere we bring to the table is what changes the game. We we focus strictly on the high end cup winning. What what uh what if you don't mind me asking, what brought you to this business in the first place? You know, my grandma got sick. I watched her pass away. She I didn't feel it was uh, fair to watch her wither away the way she did and uh, I, I felt like I wanted to change the way people, you know, perceive, uh, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a very um, you got an emotional connection to this. Yes. Yeah, because fucking because medicine, it's medicine. Yeah, for sure. So, um, how do how is the this new legalization in California thing gonna change things at the at your shop? Uh, we're gonna be about thirty percent busier, you know, with all the <laughs> recreational people out there. You know, uh, San Diego's an epic center. Um, you know, it's it's the spot to be. Nobody's gonna go to Colorado for convention centers no more. Um, if you can be in San Diego and have the same thing, it's a, it's it's a no-brainer. It's gonna blow up. When you first got to say, because where, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Ventura County. Oh, okay. So you're from Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when you first got to San Diego, what 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 did it entail to open up a shop like that? Uh, you know, I mean, when we first got here, they pulled the moratorium off the city that, that was That's right. put on by the moratorium in 2009. Right. We had Point Loma patients, um, and bottom line, they closed us all down. We had to go through, jump through hoops with the CUP, oh, right. and when the conditional use permit prevailed, it actually, you know, had knocked out 12 applicants in my area. It was not an easy, uh, you know, application to get. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot to lose on the table, all on black. Um, and, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. It was a 50-50 chance. Wow. Damn, that's crazy. So, like, you invested all this money to open a shop and you weren't even sure if it was going to happen? Not at all. Uh, Holy fuck. Competition around me or buying properties. I already had them paid off. Wow. Had the same stuff. They just, it was about who could get to the finish line first wow. and who could answer all the questions that the city and staff had for the Holy you know, shit. application. That's fucking intense, dude. Yeah. That's intense. Was well, this no. something that you sort of like invested everything you had in? Like I had everything. Uh, if I had lost, I don't know where I'd be right now. Holy yeah, shit. I mean, literally, I had was in the last month of rent. <laughs> where? Well, what were you doing before you came down? And, did the, and opened the shop. You know, before I came down, I I, I was a carpenter. I was oh, a framer. Wow. Uh, the economy took a huge hit. Banks yeah. stopped loaning. People stopped building. Yeah. I moved back from Colorado to California to find myself again. I had four kids. Oh wow! Um, so you know, basically, I, I mean, I was just sleeping on my mom's couch, going, "What am I going to do with myself?" News. News in LA said, "Hey, San Diego pulls moratorium," and I'm like, "Let's do it, fuck it." So, um, just for people that don't might not know about the San Diego moratorium, can you give them a little bit of a background of that, of what you're familiar with? Uh, the San Diego put a moratorium, which is like just a cease and desist on all medical marijuana shops, you know. So, but it wasn't like really a, a complete cease and desist because there was still some operations going, like delivery, right? Delivery yeah. was going. So, uh, you know, we did go into a delivery system ourselves. Okay. Um, but we did close down. I was a parent of four. Uh, I just inherited my kids, if you would, in a custody battle. Oh, wow. So, Shit. Uh, here I am with uh, four kids, uh, some of them going to private schools that are pretty gnarly. And, um, <laughs> You know, I just wanted to go by the rules. I didn't want to get raided. I didn't want to get in yeah. like, trouble. I totally. was trying to do the right thing. Yeah, because, like, they were shutting down shops. I mean, and, like, the stipulations when they did that moratorium, weren't they, like, kind of ridiculous? They were, like, kind of made it so it was almost impossible to give it over. Yeah. But, would, but do, you, do you remember any of the stipulations? Or I mean, you were after that, though, right? You were well after the... 
they shut it down and they they weren't willing to put zoning out there for us. Okay, the zoning so came through. The zoning though. We had to push that through legislation, get the right votes, stop picketing, start you know actually reacting rather than you know um, picketing with you know the wrong groups of people. You know we we had to actually it was all closed door stuff. Politicians, it's a it's a sticky matter. Yeah. The politicians <laughs> didn't want to, you know, mess with it. So honestly, we put it on the table this time and said, hey, let's clean it up now, and you'll never have to touch it again. Yeah. And um, you know that they're all about it. Damn, that's uh, that's fucking crazy, man. I love I love the story of like an entrepreneur who fucking like crawled out of like, you know, crawled from the bottom, and you fucking. I'm not trying to call you a bottom feeder. Uh, by all means, that's where I was at. I was on my mom's couch. Right, right. You all can, that are there right now need to get off mom's couch. Get off your ass, figure it out, fucking Jeez. go and get it, man. Because, yeah, like, uh, what do you think about the DEA just fucking uh, leaving marijuana as a Schedule 1? Did you hear about that? Yeah, no, I, I mean, they did the CBD um, now as well as... Is that through? I thought that was going like there was on the docket. They're just protecting their borders. They don't want stuff coming in overseas and stuff. If they do that schedule one, it tightens it all up. They're figuring it all out on the back end right now themselves. I know some pretty high up people that tell me things are going in the right direction 100%. So that's cool. That's cool. So right now it's just more of a show. Or a show. It's a show. It's a show. They. They're still not, you know, the the politicians believe they don't believe the numbers. We're moving. This is a this is a movement. This is a groundswell. You can't be stopped. Uh, I mean, we're 70 percent, 80 percent of this nation's for it, and the politicians are still worried about the 20 percent. They know that as long as they appease us, they don't. We don't care what they say. Right. right. So they're they're trying to win both sides. That's what's going on. Right and the funny thing is that twenty, the twenty percent is the assholes who are actually out there voting and like getting, you know, fucking making their way to the yeah. booth. And the problem is like people aren't fucking voting. So like, call your fucking congressman and bitch, dude. Yeah, that's like, what's I, up. I just who the fuck? I just made a call somewhere. <laughs> I just called somebody, complained about something. Anyways, Adam, thank you so much, man. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, likewise. I love your shop, and fucking, you know, I'll be in, man. Yeah, come in, come in. We'll have to get you podcasting in there a couple times with these butt tenders. I'd love you, man. I'd love to. I'd love to. That'd be, that'd be awesome. For sure. All Episode right. two. God damn it. <laughs> well, that was Adam Knopf from the Point Loma Patient Consumer Co-op here in San Diego, California right there in Point Loma, right down the street from where I am. Next on the docket is Blaine Dillinger and his lovely soul wife, Portia, which I can't remember her last name, but Portia is her real name. Um, in this discussion, we just sort of get a background on Blaine and how he came to San Diego where he currently lives uh, with his wife, and uh, we talk about how he got into Hyrie. And then we even talk about uh, a very unfortunate thing that happened to the whole band when they were in San Francisco. So let's jump into that. And that will be the end of our show. I'll meet you on the other side of the discussion. And uh, we'll wrap up over there. Here's Blaine Dillinger and Portia. Uh, 
I'm sitting here with Blaine Dillinger from Hiring and his lovely, lovely Porsche, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. I, I, I'd be so embarrassed if I was just like, Patricia, right? Yeah, fucking asshole. Uh, you guys got married? Nah, we're just spiritually married. We oh, beautiful. That's what me and my wife are going to do because I can't I can't do jewelry. It kind of fucks with me and it fucks with her skin too. Yeah, we got the... Uh... Yeah, tatted maybe. That's no, what it's like forever for real. Right, right. <laughs> Tell death, yeah. motherfucker. Don't get away now, baby. <laughs> yeah, that shit's intense, though, man. The fucking tattoos and like, yeah. that's it's like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna die with this on your skin <laughs> unless you pay this incredible amount of money to get it removed. It's like a second divorce, man. <laughs> right. It's like Actually, you, it's his first tattoo ever. Oh, for real? It's the only one I got, man. Are you gonna stay with just one? I don't know, man. I don't oh, know. Right. We'll see what life brings. Ah, sure. I feel that, man. Uh, we're talking about uh, Blaine's tattoo <laughs> that bonds Portia and Blaine together forever uh, on his ring finger, right? Forever. Forever yes. and ever. Forever. Forever. What is that, The Shining? Forever no, that's a sand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Tiny Tunes? Did oh, you yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. Remember Elmira? Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna love you forever. Squeeze you and hold, hold you. you and squeeze you. Like, what a little psychopath. Oh my god. Here. At the little bow with the skull. Yeah, yeah, she's a sweet little girl who's like just murdering little, little poor little animals. I just got this when I went back to Ohio for a month. I got stuck back there. It's so dumb. But you can't say it. It's ridiculous. Almost. Almost there. <laughs> um, it says Vito Velveeta. Oh, yeah. And I got another one over here, but it's kind of, you can't see it. I don't know what I'm even trying to do right now. I saw a sliver. It's like a, it's like a Dio de los Muertos uh, skull with some oh, sugar. Yeah. yeah, it was like my first major tattoos because I got these like shitty ones. It's like oh, SRV. You, you, <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, baby. Yeah. And then this one, BB King, nice. 8B. I was like wasted drunk and we were like giving ourselves tattoos. You did that yourself? Yes. Yeah. I also have um, I also have some shitty shit. It's awful. So these were my first real tattoos. Oh yeah. I, uh, did you go to Ohio for the uh, holidays? I haven't been there. I, I get to stop there for like a show or so, but I haven't been there to visit in, in I think 2013 was the last oh, shit. time. It's but, been too long. Yeah, how long? Uh, how long have you been on the road with uh, Hyrie? Uh, I'm coming up on three years. Um, you guys have like, and it's amazing too because like you guys have sort of um, in three years you guys have kind of moved quick. You know, like you kind of had a good jump start and just kind of just growing and growing and growing, Thank which you. is amazing. Man. Thank you, man. Uh, Thank you. Actually, because we have a mutual friend, uh, Faith Keller. Oh, Faith, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, Shrilly family. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Because she's from Toledo as well. So we went to high school together. And fuck, yeah, so that's weird. Crazy. Right? Yeah. yeah. She like saw a picture, because like we played a show together at Rookies in Oceanside. Oh, yeah. And she saw a picture of like me and you in the same picture because oh, we're in the yeah, green yeah. room and oh, she's yeah. like my worlds are colliding and shit. <laughs> oh that's right fuck yeah, i remember her. on a facebook post and yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, interesting 
And that's through like uh, acoustic hookah, right? Yeah, Is that yeah, through yeah. Uh, Hookahville? Yeah. Were you um, were you uh, doing full time music in Ohio when you were back I, then? I, I was. I was doing. I was, but I was playing in like any given time four to six bands <laughs> yeah. just to, to keep things yeah. moving and rolling because a lot of times the people wouldn't or couldn't play as much as I wanted to or yeah, needed to sure, man. so I would just keep were these all working bands uh, yeah, just... I mean everything man I, I was doing uh, I, I did a, a, a season with an orchestra. Oh wow! I did a. Uh, so you're trained. You're a trained guitar player. Yeah, I, I technically. Yeah, I guess you I can read. A, I have a degree in jazz guitar performance. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> yeah, technically yes. <laughs> you too. But I'm a I'm a horrible jazz guitarist. Just I feel, out I feel you there. No, because I I I uh, went trying to do jazz piano. I don't play jazz <laughs> I totally abandoned that idea. Yeah, I love time. the influence and right, I love the, right. the vibes, but I'm I'm definitely definitely not a, like a straight ahead player at all. I understand. Me neither, man. Fuck it. It, it that it just requires so much. I, I just I just don't have it in me it's, to like. It's amazing really, though. The, the music is amazing. Oh yeah, like, totally. We were doing some big band stuff and some combo oh, stuff. That was back in Ohio. Back in Ohio, yeah. Had a had a uh, like a, a jazz fusion instrumental uh, like trio or quartet depending nice. on uh, on the gigs and stuff. Yeah. That we, were you we a McLaughlin guy? Uh, John McLaughlin. I love McLaughlin, but I mean. I'm a Benson guy. Benson! Yeah. Dude, high five that shit. George Benson is the oh smoothest motherfucker yes. you could ever be. And he's oh. so tasty and so technical and so right. lightning fast. And then he can sing when he's doing yeah. that insane shit. Dude, have you ever seen him live? Oh, yeah. yeah oh I saw God. him up in a, a jazz and blues fest in, I want to say, Cleveland. Oh, Just nice. blew me away. Oh, that's, yeah, totally. I saw him in downtown Toledo. He did this free show. And he did like this thing with the Toledo, um, uh, there's this school called the TSA, Toledo School of Arts. And he had them come up and they had a little jazz combo and they played, um, what's the song? The song. Reason. Yep, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sing either. <laughs> uh, that's it, that's it. It's a little flute part, yeah. Yeah, right there. <laughs> what, uh, so what brought you out to San Diego? Um, well, I, I got done with school, and I decided that if, like, if I was gonna like do something serious, I need to go out and do something serious. Yeah. So I, I just kind of moved out to San Francisco. Oh shit! Right. And was like, didn't have a, didn't have anything going for me out there. I just, I just went. Yeah. And I have family there, but I didn't that have like, anything musically going for right, me. Right, right, right. I you just, just went, like, out, went out there. Yeah, good good start. Uh, the Bay Area was awesome. Met some great players. Got to play with some of the guys from like Santana's band. Oh, and I got to nice. play like a couple gigs with like uh, like Juan Escobedo and uh, okay, okay. Just uh, like a lot of Bay Area heavy hitters, some Tower Power guys. Oh, nice. Like that. Yeah, that's fucking dope, man. So you got a good experience up there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was doing that and I was playing with this band Clear Conscience. Uh, it's my main gig, which is like a, a reggae, okay. uh, Cali reggae type band. Right on. And then while I was playing with them, I got 
I gotta play at like Cali Roots and I gotta play here at the Shoreline Jam at the Queen Mary uh, several years ago, like 2012. Oh, I okay. Say. Nice. And then, like, through them, I met uh, Andrew, who was playing with Ian Young at the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so, like, I was meeting these people and, yeah. and, and all that stuff. And then I saw, like, a Facebook post saying that, like, Hyrie needed a, a sub guitar player for a couple months. So I was like, screw it, I'm not doing anything. So I emailed them and I, uh, they had Andrew in the band. He's like, oh yeah, you should. That's your uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Audition this guy. And, and then I played with them for, for the sub gigs and then they just kept calling me back. And then I eventually moved down to San Diego because that's where they're all located. Wow. Yeah, so this is like your full time thing, right? Oh yeah, we play. God, we play like 140 shows a year or some shit like that. Damn, so it might be hustling. like 120. I might be overshooting it. But. So does that not leave you with a lot of time to do any like local gigging at all? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, or do you even attempt to do that? I I used to when I was first playing with them. Right. Like I was doing some other projects and stuff. But I I literally this band is the first band I've ever played with to the point where like. They're playing enough for me yeah. not to have to do that. Right, right. So it's been it's been awesome. That's but I, I do some like studio stuff and some writing and some collabs and stuff here do you, and there. No, do you teach? I do. I, yeah. I teach a lot. Um, do you do online thing? Online uh, through like Skype and like FaceTime, and I'll do Perfect. lessons in person as well. Like whatever. Do you go sitting through that company or do you do it privately? I do it privately. Okay. Um, okay. There, I, I do. Some teaching through some companies because uh, I, I previously worked for different companies. Yeah. Um, but most of most of my lessons are, are independent. Uh, just people who see me and well, yeah, they get to see you see you in action. And, yeah. That always helps, right? When, yeah. when your students can see you like up there doing your thing. Yeah, but yeah. I need to know how to do that. Especially like if it's if it's a genre and a style and a scene that they're interested Hell in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for me. It's all about being able to be like immersed in, in what you're trying to learn. Hell yeah. So it works out well. For sure. It's a definite passion of mine for sure. Hey man, for sure. Like what else would you rather be doing than this? I was working a cubicle job like last year around this time. So fucking miserable. I ended up getting fired. Now I just do music and like Like the difference between being imprisoned like that and just being able to do this, like what? What a fucking, what a fucking! How lucky are we that we get to do this? This is like the most amazing, crazy thing ever. Oh yeah. Anyway. Let me turn this around for a second. Sure, Who are please. you playing with right now, man? I play with uh, a band called Skanksters Project. Oh yeah. I play still with Greg. With Skanks? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Still doing nice. that. Uh, I play with Janelle Phillips, and um, I actually play with Greg Irie G. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell so. Yeah. I, that's the reggae scene, but in SD, I um, I um, I just play in a bunch of different bands, just doing that scene, you know, just nice, fucking nice, making nice. a living, you know. I feel you, man. I and feel then, you. <laughs> it's nice to have access like this to like sort of hang out and get to know the community because I'm not real familiar with this community because I was kind of pulled in, so like I don't know who anybody is, and so I'm like asking like. Why is that person swarmed right now? And they're like, oh, that's fucking soldier or whatever, you know? I'm just like, oh, sweet. 
Dude, I feel like an asshole, no, but like, don't. I'm just getting into I'm, this. I was scene. the same way. I never started playing reggae. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I started playing reggae by accident. Right, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, I played a gig uh, when I was in an Ohio band. I was in this band called Shrub, and it was like a okay. hip hop reggae collab oh, type thing. And this guy was like turning me on to different reggae acts, but he, he like got me. Uh, we were sitting there, and I was playing a gig, like a daytime gig. Um, and he called me up, and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, do you have tonight free?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I think so, um, but it won't be till later because I got to play this gig." He's like, "Can you move the gig?" I was like, I, "No, I don't think so, man. It pays like 50 bucks." And he's like, <laughs> "I need that shit." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like. Oh, but it, we're, uh, we we got the opportunity to be direct support for Revolution. Oh, wow. And I was like, I, I don't know who they are, man. Right, right. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I, because they were just starting to yeah. do their nationwide well, no, they, they stuff, were, right? Yeah, they were still big, though, at the time. Right, right. But I just, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, So I, I was you. like, I don't know, man. I got this $50 gig. <laughs> <laughs> but we played the show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we got to meet, meet the meet the crew for the first time I've since like we just got off tour with them oh, yeah that's did right. a, a month stint with them and they're just the nicest people and so cool and like since then I've like learned a lot about a whole bunch of different bands that I didn't even know existed they're just amazing yeah. amazing like, fucking bands like amazing yeah. dynamics like the see like Jay Book I had no idea Jay Book I saw him at um, last year what was that festival up in uh, like Sacramento kind of um, it was the sister festival to Cal Roots. Oh, um, Dry Diggins. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Skinks Roots played that, so I had a chance to like check out like a lot of bands. And Jay Book, I was like, I didn't know, I didn't know. <laughs> like the Green too, like I didn't know. Yeah, the I'm Green. Sorry. Oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah, and when they break it down like R and B style, yeah. I just that's my shit. We were so lucky. We got to do uh, like a three-week run with them. Too. Yeah, you guys get to. Um, that, that's what's cool is like you guys really get to. You guys are really immersed in it, and so you guys. I'm sure you guys are just constantly learning like new things. Oh, it's crazy, just, man! Like, just picking up the tricks of the trade and shit. Yeah, I, I sit down like in my spare time, like uh, in the green rooms on tour, and I like transcribe the band that I'm touring with yeah, work, yeah. like. I just got done transcribing a bunch of like uh, Expendables. Oh wow! Um, their guitar player Raúl is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, I, I just saw them over there. <laughs> you said the Expanders, right? Expendables. Expendables. Oh my god, I'm yeah. fucking. Yeah, I've been standing the, for the Expanders. Guitar player uh, uh, John John Butcher. He's amazing. He played uh, a lot of uh, the. The skank guitar on the Wandering Soul album. Okay, okay. Yeah, because we did a like a more of a live feel for all okay. the tracks, so I would play like the, okay, uh, so you guys shadow picking and stuff, okay. and he would skank along next side of me. It was okay. just really nice dynamic. And, yeah, uh, you guys, you guys, um, you guys really expanded your sound with the Wandering Soul album. Oh, uh, so so blessed to be part of that album. That was so. I saw so I saw Andy posted something about like a teaser thing about vinyl. Issue. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was I just like, I wanna see, I wanna see. I was like, hell yeah. I think that's, that's that's gonna happen in the future. Sure, for sure. Man. Like that that's I there's nothing like vinyl. Do you collect vinyl at all? Uh, I don't anymore. I used to have a nice vinyl collection back in Ohio. I, I had to downsize a whole lot when, when I moved. When, yeah, <laughs> driving like a ton of vinyl across country doesn't really make fiscal sense. Yeah. That's just a um so 
um, I know you got shit to do, so I won't take you up too much time. Um, much more time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, I drink a lot of coffee, so I'm just like, uh, yeah. Um, so, when you guys were recording Wandering Soul, I know you guys had that Kickstarter campaign, and that sort of coincided with you guys sort of got robbed in Frisco, right? Oh, I um, mean, that... Did that like interfere with like the recording of the album and um, if you if you're comfortable talking about it? No, it's just just a shitty thing. A lot of bands have gone through the same thing. Uh, ours was a little more, I guess, uh, pub publicized, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and it sucks. Don't get me wrong. Right. I was like devastated because uh, me personally left just God like. Twelve thousand plus dollars oh. in gear, just gone. Oh, dude, that makes me but, start. That makes me sweat. Like, but thinking it was about, so like, fortunate, um, partially through insurance, which is almost like getting robbed again. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Here's five hundred dollars for that twelve thousand yeah, dollars in gear. And there's there's some great great companies that uh, that we were able to link up with of, of the gear we use, and they were they were happy to help us uh. get back. Yeah. With that. I so saw that like Electro Harmonics, didn't they step in? Or um, you like a Voodoo Lab Voodoo stepped Lab. in. Voodoo Lab. Uh, uh, the guys from Lava Cable stepped in. Nice. Um, uh, a lot of a lot of companies. Uh, there's there's a few I'm missing, but there's a lot of a lot of and good the companies. Green was awesome. And the they Green, yeah, we, it was in the middle of our tour with the Green, and they let us backline through their gear. Oh, Mesa Boogie stepped in. Oh, and, yeah. Amazing, was, so did you one of your like beloved axes got stolen or did you have like two or three in there? I like, did. I had a, I had a, two yeah, axes that got stolen. I know, man. Like, I, I hurt, I, and one of them, one of them was custom made, like, just for me. Like, what, what, what was it? It's a, a company called Sweetwood. Oh, yeah, Sweetwood stepped in and they, they oh, replaced okay. those axes as well, but they're, they were custom made, so oh. like, I was like, I, you know, the fretboard is exactly the wood that I want. Wow. The frets are the way that I want them. Oh, the tuners God. are locking. The pole pieces are set. The right pickups are in place. Custom paint job. Custom pit guard. You've only had it like for three. And I had it. I had oh it. Oh my! I had it like for like that tour. Yeah. Um, and that. Oh man. That, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm bringing up some bad. <laughs> sorry. Well, the guy who built it, uh, this, the Sweetwood guys, they uh, re rebuilt me uh, another custom guitar uh, to my to my specs as well so I was like super fortunate that yeah. they they were able to put in the time and the effort it's not an easy process when you build a no, guitar by man. hand no um, fuck no so super blessed and fortunate for that but yeah it's, it's a shitty thing there's a lot of people who are like robbing band trailers is like a thing now I didn't realize and there's I like didn't even realize rings that. of people who do it and they look for that specifically oh, they like follow you yeah Whoa. So is that like, what happened with you guys? Yeah, we think we were followed from uh, from either a festival or from a large urban area on the way to where we were going. Okay. Um, but it's just like, it's so sad because a lot of these people like us, it's like, we don't have that kind of money. That's our life savings, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's everything. That's literally everything that means anything to me, like, besides other human beings, you know? It's like, Yeah, fuck. exactly. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a shitty thing, and, and I hope that... That people stop doing it. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. Please. So they never figured out anything. Yeah, yeah. We never recovered anything, and damn, it's just a, a total bummer. But it's 
you know, it's it happens for a reason, and like I said, there are a lot of bands that go through that, so it's not like, oh, just just us. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Just so, hiring. Just yeah. hiring gets robbed. But no, it's it's a bummer. So yeah, if anybody like sees of, of, of a Kickstarter or something, anybody that got their, their trailer jacked or has any info on anybody, yeah, like it's just reach out, reach Shit. out, step up, yeah. uh, help out. I mean, these people are are putting their 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 whole lives on yeah. on the table when yeah. they go on tour in a fucking van they're putting everything in there and yeah that's just heartbreaking so so did that interfere with the recording process at all uh, or did that take away from it at all or was it just like you guys luckily luckily the the recording dates were were kind of in advance it did, it did change some things because our gear was different after that because we were playing oh, yeah. on different gear i didn't even think about that shit. so um so you kind of had different tones and different sounds yeah different together. tones and different sounds wow. which is kind of cool because um you get you get a, a a fresh approach to even if it's songs you've been playing or for a while or songs that you are like just writing like all of a sudden like your sound changes and then you like hear something else and it goes a slightly different direction so that's cool yeah yeah um, yeah i mean so so that's a positive thing that happened you yeah, kind of like yeah. got a different perspective of, of what you guys are trying to project and lay out that's interesting i didn't even think about that like like you you record like half an album with like a certain guitar and then you have to change that halfway through and that's insane. All right, well, Blaine, thank you so much for giving me so much time, man. I, I didn't expect us to, like, go this long, but but I appreciate it. Blaine came back and was like, got me, and so I appreciate that you came back after uh, after eating with your your wife. Your, your wife. This is, uh, this is my buddy, Ian. This is Blaine. And that was Blaine Dillinger and his lovely wife, Portia. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Blaine and Portia. I also want to send out some uh, love to Adam and Jose and Josh and Miles for talking into my microphone. It's always weird in these situations. You're just sort of backstage and you're just surrounded by awesome and talented musicians and you just run around with a microphone sticking in people's faces and asking them if they want to talk into it. And most of the time people do. So it's really awesome that I got to talk to these guys, especially Josh and Miles and Blaine. I, I really respect them as musicians, um, what they do. They're, they're, you know, I'm also a fan of theirs. So it's nice to see them and to get to know them. Go to wespeakenglishgood.net and you can sign up for our newsletter there. You can listen to the latest episodes. I still need to update the shit out of that. So there's more updates coming. I got videos I'm going to start putting up eventually. And um, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Do you subscribe to stuff on Stitcher? Subscribe. It helps. Leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. That also helps. Also, write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. Write something nice, nasty, or neutral. Whatever you would like. Well, that'll do it, folks. Like I said, next week will be the music from the festival. And uh, that's it. Everyone be nice to their fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. Bye. I gotta stop doing that. Bye.
I think that's from. Uh,